0: three weeks ago when Pastor Wilson was here and I asked he asked me, what are you going to talk about? And I asked him um, I think I'm going to be talking about maybe a book of Philemon. The purpose of that is because I get only a once in a while chance. So I don't want to kind of scatter so much that I can't gather back. So it'll be kind of one time deal, get done and give it over when the bosses come, right? Give the over to bosses and here. Praise the Lord. Alright. So when I was pondering upon uh, God put on my heart a few things and um, I'm going to share that with you. And I think it's going to help me. It's going to help you. So keep alert. I won't drag it till 12.30. No, I won't. So, But as long as you can hear me, uh, stick with me. What I'm going to talk about is the Christian living. Masihi Jeevan. Christian living. And theme of that will be is we are saved by grace. We live in grace. Salvationist, Salvation Army, people say, SS, saved to save. Same thing. You are saved by the grace of God. When you look upon the others, look with the eyes of the Lord, That you are there to save them. Your whole composer. Your situation will alter. It will become godly. Because then you are not going to see. Who you like and who you don't like. You will be willing to work with others. You will be willing to love others. You will be willing to forgive others. Grace also means forgiveness. You are saved by grace. God give you the grace to forgive you. No, you forgive and have grace on others. Amen? All right. I want to begin with by saying that we Christians should view our life through the spectacles or eyes of the Word of God in whatever we do. Whatever we do, not business home, choir. No. Whatever we do, we need to see the life through the spectacles of the word of God so that we can see things as God would see. That is important. Because you and me are not of our own. We are purchased by the blood of the Lord. We are His, not of our own. Our story Have changed. Acts Acts 17.28 says. That we live and move in him. We are his offering. Offsprings. We are his offspring. We are not independent living. We are living in Christ. That is our new position. In Christ. We become his child. And with that when we practice and we live, that practice how we behave with each other and with the community, it should display the faithfulness of God. Faithfulness of God is what saves you and I, and love is what other people see in you. So faithfulness and love go hand in hand. How you deal with others tells other people who you are. People don't know how deep your faith is. How deep you are in the Lord or the word of God. But they know how do you act with them. How do you react with them. So our conversation, our discussion, our matters. Everything that we do need to be done through the eyes of the Lord. What would the Lord do? You remember there used to be some band, what would Jesus do? Remember that a long time ago, I remember that. That is your motto. What would he do? It doesn't like Pastor Kashmir likes it or not. Kara likes it. It doesn't really matter. What matters is we stand in the name of the Lord. What would the Lord want? Such was the situation in the book of Solomon. Um, Philemon. Solomon, yes. Philemon. Philemon is the smallest epistle. Probably that was written by Paul. 25 verses only. But I tell you what, I've been looking at it for a whole week and I still don't understand fully. It's so deep, so deep. So what I did, I divided these pieces into, I said, okay, what would I want for people to take from this, what I'm going to share with them? I divided that passage into three coined words and you will be totally surprised except uh, Pastor Kashmir because he I, I shared that with him yesterday. U-C-C, if you ever forget that, remember U-C-C. see Church name, but it's good, you can connect with it. Whenever a situation comes in your and my life, a struggle, a problem, just remember, three words, three coins, UCC. What does it mean? What was the situation? You, the first step that I'm going to share with you, first point, you. You stands for having understanding, having a complete understanding. When we start addressing the matter, business, church, house, duty, choir, whatever, before you start jumping into the solutions, it is a must that as a godly man or woman, you try to understand things fully. Bible says, a man's ideology, a man's thought process is perfect in his own eyes. But the Lord weighs the thoughts, and He knows what is right. In the business, I deal with these issues every day. Oh, I, I I I can't even start what I deal with every day. But you will see that the complainers have a side and defenders have a side and somebody in the middle have a side. So there's many aspects to one issue or one problem. But as a godly man, we have to stick to one gun. One gun, the word of the Lord and the Lord. When we look at these 25 verses... There was a big issue. A big issue was. On the scene of the play or drama. The three actors. Which will show us the big issue. Number one. There is Paul. That everybody knows. First century evangelist. Apostle Paul. Went all through the um, areas preaching the word of God. Famous personality. Now currently he's locked up or in the or I will say he is in the house, arrest, a jail in Rome. Many years of experience, saved many lives, impacted many lives, and during those times he had gone to Ephesus, Church of Ephesians, Ephesus. And he served there three years. And a man was saved in that ministry over there. Coming to your story. His name was Epaphras. Epaphras. That became a padre. This man, Epaphras, was from a city called Colosse, Colossians. Colosse. He became, he listened to the word of God. Changed his life, went back home to Colossae and started the church. He was padre there. <clears throat> During conversion by Epaphras, a man named Philemon got converted. I'm going to tell you a story because I don't want you to forget it. So take it as a story. Philemon got converted. Philemon was not a pastor. He was a believer. He was a businessman. He was a rich businessman. He had a big house. So he said, all the people that believe in the name of the Lord, you don't have a place to go to worship. Come to my home. I will open my home. And they Come, you can worship here. It's the house of the Lord for you. People worshipped. His son became pastor. Okay? His son's name was Archippus. Archippus. He becomes a pastor after Epaphras. And I will tell you why. And his, name, his wife's name was Afia. So when you see that, you will understand that more. Because I'm going to go through it very quickly. Third person that came. Now we talked about Paul. We talked about Philemon. Third person who the, this discussion is nothing with nobody else. But it's a letter of appeal written by Paul from Rome to a man called Philemon in Colossae on Colossians regarding a person whose name was Onesimus. Onesimus. Onesimus comes on the scene in the middle, there's one advocate Paul talking to the other person, a party who he want to impress, Philemon, and the in the middle what they're talking about who's standing there is called Onesimus. Onesimus gave his life to Christ while he met Paul in jail in Rome. Originally, Onesimus was a slave. Because Philemon was a rich man, he had slaves working for him. And this man, Onesimus, ran away or left him or whatever happened, domestic violence or whatever, he left him. And he ran away. He said, I'm going to go run far away from him. And never be seen. Because this man, he got a new religion. He got some worship going on here. I don't want to be part of that. I have nothing to do with it. I'm washing my hands. I'm running away. And he goes to Rome. Because this was all under Roman providence. He somehow gets in trouble there as well and ends up in jail and in that jail he finds Paul and guess what you can't run away from God if God has chosen you God you cannot run away from God I'm telling you that you know why God is not dependent upon how good and capable you are If God sets his eyes on you, you are it, buddy. So he gets converted. And when he gets converted, the whole story changes. He becomes very useful to Paul. You know why? I know. Paul wrote four letters from jail. Church of Ephesian, Philippian, Colossians, and fourth letter is Philemon. How do I know what this man did, who was a slave, but now he's a Christian? Because if you read the book of Colossians 4, 9 to 17, it says that he sent the letter of Colossians and other areas with Tychicus and this man Onesimus. So now, when he sent the letter to Colossians, he wanted Onesimus to go back to Colossians, where his big boss was, original boss was. And it's a scary situation. Why? I'll tell you in a minute. In those days, in the Roman days, having slaves was okay. It was normal. People use slaves. And if the slave misbehaved and ran away, they were also treated like a property, not as a human beings. So the slave owner could get them killed. Punish them. So chances are, if the NSMS goes back to Colossians, he's not going to be accepted. Even though they know that this businessman called Philemon is a righteous man, Still, he's a human. So, Paul being in a senior member, under whose ministry actually Philemon got saved many years ago, and he should be experienced by now. A experienced believer and a new believer who was slave. So he is writing, Paul as a father figure or as bishop of the church, is writing a letter to. Sport, Onesimus, to Philemon. A lot of names, a lot of confusion. I know that. Why? These are difficult names, and we're not used to it. So let's start that. Let's start the story, and we'll finish in 15 minutes. Starting from top to bottom, starts in the beginning. He says, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, my brother. He tells you who he is. And who's writing a letter and who else is with him. So Paul is writing a letter while Timothy is with him. To Philemon, my dear friend and fellow worker. He knows Philemon because he knew he got converted. And he is a very active member of the ministry even though not a pastor. Because Epaphras by the pastor. And what happened is, Epaphras traveled to Rome to be with Paul. And they made his son, who was Archippus in in chapter, in verse 2, he says, to my dear friend and fellow worker, Philemon, also to Aphia. Aphia was his wife's name. Philemon's wife's name, Aphia. And Archippus, our fellow soldier. Archippus was their son who was actually pastoring that church in the absence of Epaphras. So he died them. He said, God's grace be with you. Now he has to come to the point, okay, hello, shallow, how are you is all done. Now let's come to the point. We're still in the understanding phase that if you don't understand the picture totally, whole picture, you will not get to the point. So now he said all the greetings and now he has to establish that who he's talking to. He wants to talk to Philemon at the level of brotherhood. When you start dealing with the problem or with the issue, lopsided issues or one side is high, one is more powerful, one is less powerful, there's not going to be even decision. But when you see things eye to eye, and equal, there's more chances that you can succeed. You can succeed. So he want to tell Philemon that he, Philemon is you are a good man. You converted many years ago, and you're my friend, and you're my partner in the ministry. You're good. So this is how he started the conversation. You don't tell them up front and saying, buddy, remember, I am big Padri, you're small Padri. I'm doing this. I'm the boss. You report to him. He report to him. And he report to him. And finally, you are report to me. No, he didn't say that. He said, no, 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 no. Listen, we both are brothers. We both are doing ministry. I am in Rome. You are over there. I have requests request to make to you. But I want to tell you, thank you for all your services. What you're doing over there, I can't do here. So thank you for doing that. We all are equal in the eyes of the Lord. If you're a padre, elder, whatever, we all are equal in the sight of God. So don't ever undersell yourself. You are a child of God just like anybody else is. You are famous just like anybody else is. You may not be famous in certain area. Who cares? Who cares? He starts saying, this is what he tells. This is Paul telling to Philemon for him. So, now he's talking about understanding. We understand what's going on, right? Understanding as a man of God is very important before you deal with the issue. Before you understand the love of God and the grace of God within you, and before you give to others, you need to know why. Who you're dealing with. And especially when you're dealing with the believers, you need to respect them. need to honor them. Not be, like any company don't bring a hammer and bang on their head," he says. "I, I always, I always thank my God. I remember you in my prayers. See, they knew each other well." He says, "I'm praying for you and your faith in Lord Jesus Christ." He knew he was a believer, right? I pray that now. This is a beautiful verse. Verse six, it says, "I pray that your partnership with us in faith may be effective." in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of the Christ. He says, your, our partnership is there, but this partnership need to go deeper, not superficial. Standing on the riverside can say, oh, it's beautiful if somebody can swim in it. And yes, I know for swimming, you have to buy the shorts. You have to jump in the water. Do this, do that. No, no, no. He said, you want to learn really what it happened? Jump in the water. Don't talk about Christianity. Be a Christian. Do the things what Christ did for you. Tell people what Christ did for you. Try that, yes, you are saved by the grace of God. And due to that grace, because I'm saved by the grace, I am going to be gracious to you. He's telling him, you're a good man. You're a good man. You are a good man. You are a good man. You doing good things to people. Let's go further. Verse 7 says what? Your love has given me a great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. He says, nobody can go inside you. But we say that you're a good man, good woman, because what people say about you. You have been good to the people of the Lord. Nobody will ever, my brothers and sisters, will know how deep your faith is until they can see how faithful you are with dealing with other people and how effective you are. People are not looking for how much knowledgeable you are. People want to know that how you do everyday work, at work, at home, at church, at group, one-to-one, alone, what are you doing? They watch you. Say, he's a good man. He had hope, That he will do good. So, with that understanding, those are the samples of Christian character. But he says, you have a faith and your love is evident. It takes you back to Galatians, Galatians 5 22 24, having faithfulness, love, goodness. He says, you are a spirit filled man. The actions that you are following your character are based on the Holy Spirit. That means what? God Himself. So God is working through you brother. You are doing a good job. And because I know who you are, I'm going to change my topic now. I'm coming, to the, I'm coming to the point. So understanding everything before you begin, understanding the whole picture, all sides of the picture. When you have accident, police goes and talks both sides. You are always going to say, I was taking the right turn and somebody came in my way and they were coming too fast. That's the most common thing you will hear. I was taking right side. They came so fast, man. God, they were flying over and they hit me. No, the lights were red and you turned on red and it didn't really matter how fast they came, they were going to hit you. No, I'm not proving anybody. I've been in the middle of that myself. My wife has been in the middle of themselves. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying, so if you had an accident and it applies to you, I don't know about that. So, But I'm saying, what I'm saying is, we humans have our side of the stories built. But he upstairs knows exactly who hit who, who came in the middle, and then, you know, just small kids, if they're wrong, they will scream more. They will talk more. And joke. people who didn't do, they were just standing like they're amazed. Oh, God, what's wrong with this person? They are the one who slapped me. They are the one who's crying and telling that I did something to them. And you know what happened in schools, right? That's exactly what I mean, I'm, I'm telling you. this is, What I'm telling you is what practical is. So knowing the whole thing, understanding the whole matter, you. see, is a Christian character. If you don't have a Christ-like character, and that I will give you is Romans 12, 1 to 2. If you are not transforming because you have Christ in you, things are not going to work. So, before you can actually deal in a Christian way, are you altering your behavior because of Christ in you? And if that, then you go third. See, you see, third is communication, understanding the whole picture. Understanding the character of God and man, godly man. And third, when those two things are settled, then you communicate effectively what you need to communicate. UCC, take with you, it'll do good to you. Let's talk to to what he's talking about. Verse 8 onward. Therefore, now he changed the topic, right? He said, hello to Sister Rafia." Hello Archippus, hello Philemon, you are good people, God bless you. Um, Okay, let me come to the point of why I am writing this letter to you. He says, therefore, although in Christ I could have been bold to order you what you are to do, I prefer to appeal on the basis of love. He says, because I am bishop in the church, I am the big boss, Paul, everybody knows, and you are converted into my ministry, I can order you around. Hey, this is right. One song, two strangers, no more. Stop. He said, No, no, no. But because I'm talking about the graciousness of God, I'm going to talk evenly, respectfully. Rather than ordering you around, I'm going to appeal in love. Appealing is a pleading, requesting, beseeching, not passing. In love, in love, the love of God. the God had shown his grace means love that he saved you, the worthless, good-for-nothing person and brought you a Christian, made you a Christian. He says, with that honor and respect, I am going to request to you, appeal to you, I am going to request you, And what I'm going to tell you, verse 10, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son in the chains. Formerly he was useless, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. He's, He's saying, I know when you hear this name Onesimus, you're going to boil over. You could say, What? That man? Remember, Paul knew everything. Paul had gone through the same situation before. You remember that with John Paul? He said he's no good, he didn't want to take him in the journey because he was not effective enough. You know that John, um, Paul and Barnabas had a big argument. So Paul, as a person, Knows what it feels like. Just like God knows what goes on. So he says, I am going to appeal to you, my son. My son. A person who is a slave, he calls him son. God took you and me who were good for nothing. And he calls you and me son. My son. And whenever he sees you, he sees you through his son. He don't see you're slave or not. You're bad or not. You're washed with the blood of Jesus. You are son to him. John 1.12 says, As many have believed in his name, he gave them the right to be called sons of God. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? That's what Paul is using. That's what he's saying. Let's go further, what he says. Very interesting. And then he says, Let me tell you one thing. I have my own wishes, but I overcame. He says, Really, if you want to know the truth, I wanted to keep him with me. Verse 13 says, I would have liked to kept with him, keep him here with me, so he could take your place, helping me while I'm in the chains. He says, My desire was this: that while I, as an old man, is requesting you. I am old. I need help. And you should be helping me, but because you are in a Colossae and you can't come here, I rather would have used this man to help me in your place. He's trying to pump him up still, that you're a good man, right? But then he says, 14, godly men, godly women will always make a good decision because they are making through the eyes of the word of God and as a godly perspective, even though that decision might hurt them. So when we communicate, we don't communicate because we like it. We communicate because the word of God will say, do this. Verse 14, look at it. But I did not want to do anything without your consent, so any favor you will do would be seen not forced, but voluntary. He says you are I wanted to keep him, but I really didn't want to put pressure on you, so all that. Then he tells him another thing. Remember, he's advocating for Unanimous, Unanimous? He says, maybe God took him away from you for a little while as a slave so he can come back to you permanently and not as a slave, but As a brother. As a brother. The things have changed. When you see this Onesimus coming with the Tychicus, with the ladder to you, and I want you to forgive him, think of him. He's brother. You know it creates a very difficult situation for for, um, Philemon. If he forgives him, the business people around him will say, Such a weak man, he should have killed him. Because it creates a bad example for the other slaves. That you can run away and become a brother. But if I don't forgive him, my testimony goes away. Forgiven by grace, forgive by grace. Forgiven by his love, show love. Paul says... You treat him like a brother. And then Paul says one more thing. He says, wait a minute. I am writing this letter to you. This convincing cost money. Grace God gave you and me. We got free. But it cost God. Life of his son on the cross. Paul used the same tactic. He says, Go to verse 19, 18, 19. What says? Look here, what says? He says, If he has done anything wrong and owes you anything, charge it to my account. I'm writing with my own hands. He says, If things are bothering you and he stole something from you and all that, I will pay for it. I'm writing with my hand. I'm writing it on stamp paper. Stamp paper is permanently testifiable. I owe it to you. Even though you were converted in my ministry, and I can tell you, forget it. Paul treated him respectfully, honorably, and wanted him to display Christian behavior. When you do that, people will agree with you. When people know that you're on the same level like them, they will be easily convincible. When people know that you actually respect them, they will be easily convincible. When people know that you come in the name of the Lord, and when we communicate, we are talking because we are godly people, people will understand that. When people say that it's a win-win situation, people will understand that. They're saved by grace. They're giving grace away. And one day, maybe you can give that grace to somebody else too and show it. You don't forgive people because they deserve it. That was our last week's topic with the Men's Fellowship. Right, brothers? You don't forgive people because they deserve it. You forgive people because you're being obedient to God. God expects you to forgive people. Why? He forgave you when you were no good. And don't tell me that you're a good Christian when you don't have forgiveness. People who don't forgive others, they are never forgiven That's my personal thing. You have not tasted the forgiveness of God yourself. You don't know what forgiveness means. You forgive to people who don't deserve. Remember the story of those two people? One was forgiving. Somebody owed a lot of money to the king, and the king was forgiving him. And then he went out, and somebody owes him $5, or I'm just making it up. And he would say, he choked him. He said, Give me now, or I'm going to kill you. And then he got punished. You forgive, don't forgive others. God don't forgive you. Matthew 5 says, when you say, Lord's Prayer, Lord, forgive our sins as we forgive who sinned against us. Isn't that beautiful? Godly behavior stands on two things, three things. Understand whole thing in the eyes of the Lord. Why? Not as a human, you will never see the whole thing. But you pray to God and say, God, I don't understand it. Give me the whole thing. Secondly, (coughs) don't look at other people. They're totally dirt. Look at them. There's some good in them. You are dealing with an issue, not with the person. So deal with the issue. Don't say the person is useless, worthless. Say, this is what you did today. I did not like it, and I'm hurt. Not that you are a bad person. You will be in better ground. So keep the person's respect in mind. Deal with the issue. Third, when you talk, communicate respectfully. Don't show arrogance. They have the same spirit of the Lord as you do. When things are good, things will go bad. You will act like forgiven people. They will be forgiven. You will have peace in the mind. You will have a happy life. And that's the thing today. You are forgiven people. Forgive others. Take UCC with you. Have complete understanding. Character of Christ. And communicate in a Christian manner. God bless you all.